Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined by the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, and Wes, preseason game number three is almost upon us. Packers at Raiders in Oakland on Friday night. Now, it's going to be a late one if you're not on the West Coast. Uh, 9.30 Wisconsin time kickoff. So while I am not looking forward to the essentially red-eye flight we'll be taking back after the game, I am looking forward to seeing a few players maybe work their way into preseason action here for the Packers in preseason game number three. Who do you want to start with? Well, honestly, Mike, I would have liked to have started with my plans for this trip and in how I'm going to be able to make sure I get the most sleep out of it. I'll be bringing my neck pillow. I'll be bringing okay. everything that I need to do to be comfortable on the flight home so that I can have a, a decent Saturday. But if you want to talk specifically about the game, I guess we can do that too. Uh, for me, I, I think it really starts with Aaron Jones. Uh, now, Mike McCarthy wouldn't commit to him playing uh, when he when he did his Wednesday morning news conference, so I guess we'll have to see whether or not he goes. But let's say he does, and he does get those reps after working some team stuff this week. I think this could be a really good opportunity for him. And if it isn't this week, maybe it's next week. But sure. he's coming back from that hamstring injury. We know he's not going to be playing in the first two games of the regular season. For me, and, and I'm not a guy that gets all uppity about preseason reps and snaps, but I just think for a guy like him, especially with not knowing what the reps are going to be like you know, through the first months of the season mm -hmm. with having Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, I just think this is a really valuable time for him. And I think one of the things you pointed out, too, uh, in some of the analysis we've done this week is whether it's Aaron Jones, whether it is Ty Montgomery, the reps the Packers and the snaps the Packers are going to get with this run game are going to be really important because a lot of people, they, they just fixate on what the stats look like, and it happens every single year with the running game in every single NFL city. Unless a guy's burning everybody for an 85-yard touchdown people are wondering what's going on but yeah. Mike McCarthy mentioned it they're seeing things they like on film it's about correcting some of the things that could potentially break those plays out a little bit more so whether or not it's Jones whether or not it's Montgomery could be LaShun Daniels the the undrafted rookie that just came in or undrafted free agent that just came in you want to see those guys stepping up yeah we may see the first action of LaShun Daniels from Iowa uh, Brunson Hill the other running back the Packers have brought in as they've dealt with some injuries and, and other situations situations here Jamal Williams we should point out he is already back on the Correct. practice field he made it back this week very quickly from that ankle injury so hats off to him in that respect another guy I've got my eye on Wes and I think a lot of Packers fans do and not trying to put too much pressure on him because he's certainly uh you know putting plenty of pressure on himself but rookie receiver Jamon Moore this is a guy who's had some chances to make some big plays in the first couple of preseason games. It hasn't gone his way. We know that when he was drafted in the fourth round out of Missouri, the knock on him was that his hands weren't consistent. He did have some issues with drop passes in college. We have seen that. He hasn't necessarily been able to shake that reputation. But it doesn't sound like he's, you know, that this is some sort of crisis of confidence or anything. He, you know, and Aaron Rodgers even said at his locker the other day, Sometimes all it takes is one big play for a young receiver to just relax, mm -hmm. find the mojo, get into the get into the rhythm, get into the groove. Jamon Moore is a guy who's going to have a chance, I think, to do that on Friday night in Oakland. Hopefully, he takes advantage of it. Here's what I love about Jamon Moore: uh, he di he didn't go into a shell about this. 
He sat at his locker, and every time somebody goes up to him and asks for an interview, he accepts it, and he takes responsibility for what's happened. He's not living in his own microclimate <laughs> and trying to just you know, put together some mental idea or excuse for what's happened. He knows he's not catching the football, and he's trying to do something about it. The thing I was most impressed with, Mike, I was going down to practice on Tuesday. Before I even got down to the field, I could already see the jugs machine running and Jamon Moore doing the man hands drill directly in front of it. He was doing that before practice. He did it for, I think, 15 minutes after practice or something like that. This is a young man that understands there's urgency. He knows there's two weeks left to prove what he has, and he wants to tell the Green Bay Packers that he's a fourth-round pick and they made the right decision taking him in the fourth round. He has all the ability in the world. Tremont Williams said it when I was in a media scrum with him earlier this week. You can tell, looking at him on the field, what this guy possesses. But that's not nearly what it takes to succeed in the NFL. There's a mental perspective to it. And for Jamon Moore, he's trying to work past it right now. Yeah, this could be the game of opportunity for him, really, because we don't know what exactly the playing time plan is going to be at this point. But based on how the practice reps have been divvied up this week, it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers and some of the starting guys on offense, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, it doesn't look like they will play much, if at all, in Oakland. And then you add on top of that, Jake Kumara has been injured, injured his shoulder in the Pittsburgh game. So that's another young receiver who looks like he'll be out of the mix for Friday night. You know, Jamon Moore, MVS, EQ St. Brown, these guys, this is going to be a, a big opportunity for them to shine. And you know that, that Jamon Moore knows that, knows that the spotlight will be pretty bright on him Friday night. I think the Packers offensive coaches have done an exemplary job of giving all those guys opportunities. I don't know off the top of my head what their rep counts look like, what their snaps have been in preseason games, but you and I have watched enough of these practices and seen the two preseason games to understand that there's been a pretty good rotation going there. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Yancey, the fifth-round pick out of Purdue, also factoring into that. So I, I would imagine you're going to see much of the same. And with Devontae Adams and, and Randall Cobb, you know, who knows how much they're going to play in this game if Jake Kumarow isn't out there. A lot of it's going to be those three young receivers. And we're at a point right now where this is that final stretch. There's one practice, public practice, still open to the media. Right. There's two preseason games. If you're Jamon Moore, if you're EQ St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, this is where you got to really sort of have that final burst towards the finish line and showing that I'm worthy of a, a spot on that 53-man roster. Yeah, and if you want to keep your eye offensively on anybody in the trenches, so to speak, as we uh, head to Oakland for preseason game number three, one guy to watch, I'll give you a couple names, but one guy to watch for sure is Byron Bell, the veteran that yeah. the Packers brought in. Started at multiple positions in his career with Tennessee, Carolina, Dallas. He's played both guard and tackle. He's been the guy filling in at right guard for Justin McRae while McRae recovers from the calf injury from the Pittsburgh game. And this is a guy who's making uh, making a statement that he belongs on this roster. The Packers like the versatility aspect of it, that they could plug him in at guard or tackle if needed. And uh, when you get thrown in with that number one unit when a starter goes down, that says something that the coaches want to take a really, really close look at you. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy mentioned it, that they've been trying to do everything they can, whether it's you know Lucas Patrick working at center. That was the other seen. guy I was going to mention yeah. because, because the Packers are trying to find exactly who is going to be the backup center if something were to happen to to Corey Lindsley and the from what we've seen of the practice reps Lucas Patrick is the guy who's getting a lot of opportunity yeah and just like Dylan Day who is mostly taking those number two center reps throughout camp he's getting some work now at the the guard position so we saw Adam Pankey a couple weeks ago when 
Patrick was working through some stuff. He got some work with the first team offense. So Packers have a big decision to make there behind that starting five. So, you know, you want to find guys, as, as McCarthy said, you want to find a guy that can play, you know, two or three guys that can play the center position if they're called upon. But then you also look at a guy like Bell, who has for so long in this league been able to show that he can step in at guard if he need to be. I mean, obviously last year, uh, in case of emergency, they threw him in at tackle. And when Brian Gutekunst was building this roster this offseason, it meant enough to him to get a veteran swing kind of tackle in there that they went out and pursued Bell. So he's in that conversation as well. And, and I, to be honest with you, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him at guard. I, I don't want to speak for him, but it just seems like, to me, that is probably his quote-unquote strongest position. So to get some work there, get some familiarity there, and then also still have that flexibility to the tackle spots, um, that goes a long way, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, I think he's entering his eighth year in the league now. He's found a way to be dependable and really durable throughout the course of his career. Yeah, I would agree. Um, before we switch gears to the defensive side, Wes, a little bit of sponsor business. It is time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16th by completing the entry form and Submitting for complete rules and eligibility, go to packers.com slash best seats cousin subs. We believe in better. Okay, defensive side of the ball here for preseason game number three in Oakland. Who are you going to have your eye on? Jair Alexander okay. is, the, is the number one guy that I'm going to be looking at because I think everything checked out. It seems to have checked out okay with the groin injury that made him sit out of that opener against Tennessee. He only played 10 snaps last week, but he, it was all it's exclusively as the nickel slot cornerback. I think Alexander, much like Josh Jackson, although they're different body types, gives you that inside-outside versatility. But to me, it almost reminds me a little bit of what they did with Casey Hayward, where the starting point for him is going to be in the slot. We've seen the playmaking. We've seen the confidence. And, you know, seeing that in a preseason setting is going to be really important. Kevin King mentioned it last week, too, when he was asked about his shoulder injury and talking about how valuable this time is. Because when you're a rookie, you don't really have the luxury of just being able to sit out of this stuff. you got to get in there. you got to get a feel for it. Josh Jackson's done that in the first two preseason games. I think he's much better for it. Mm -hmm. I think he's seeing that... Not saying that this game isn't as fast as it was in the Big Ten, you know, that it's faster than it was in the Big Ten, but I think he's seen that his game can translate. In that confidence this time of the year, not saying that Jair Alexander needs a boost of that at all, <laughs> but it can go a long way for a young player because, Mike, as we've talked about so many times, with all these six you know, defensive back packages now and guys moving in different spots at any given time, you have to be ready to play from the go. And, and I think a game like this and maybe potentially next week in Kansas City can go a long way for Jair Alexander. Yeah, well, the game at this level definitely is faster than what any of these players experience in college. And you're right, there is there's that transition from a confidence standpoint that, okay, I still understand everything that's going on. My skill set, my athleticism translates to this level. And once players mentally can can feel confident that even though they're playing a faster game, they can still play it and yeah. play it well, then uh, that's when you that's when you start to see the big strides really being taken. You mentioned Kevin King a minute ago. That's another guy I'm going to be watching to see if he gets some preseason action for the first time because uh, he's been limited. Uh, well, he's coming off of, obviously, the shoulder surgery from the offseason, then a little bit of an issue with his other shoulder. But 
In terms of getting ready for the regular season, I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin King maybe get some snaps against a Jordy Nelson or an Amari Cooper, you know, these number one receivers for the Oakland Raiders. This is an offense that has some pretty high hopes. Let's not, you know, let's not mistake this. And with them playing their third preseason game at home, they might be showcasing their starters a little bit more, say, than than perhaps the Packers will. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But uh, um, but some action for guys like Kevin King, Jair Alexander could definitely be beneficial. Yeah, and it goes back to something. I remember a conversation I had with Kevin King at, right at the beginning of camp. It was even before the shoulder. The other shoulder became an issue for him. Uh, and him saying that it was, it, he really just wanted to get in a game and feel like a player again. Feel like, you know what, I can push at the line of scrimmage. I can dive for a tackle, and there's not going to be any repercussions for that physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentally, he wants to get to that place again. And, you know, and he hasn't spoken too much about the shoulder injury, so it's hard to say, you know, how much he could be available these next two weeks or what it's going to be like, you know, with him trying to play through that. But that being said, I, I just think the ability to potentially get on the field for a guy that's as young as he is, I think we forget how young he was entering this league, yeah. uh, this, is, this is a golden opportunity. He's a year older than these, these rookies that came in now, but I still very much view them in the same light in terms of trying to you know, get that experience and, and having a guy like Tremont Williams and Devon House around too. That goes a long way for them trying to hone those skills. Yeah. Well, we mentioned a couple guys to watch in the trenches on offense. I think if you're going to watch somebody in the trenches on defense in this game, I'll throw out a name for you, and that's Dean Lowry. Now, there's a lot of excitement, and rightfully so, as to when the Packers are going to have Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson all on the field together on that defensive line. I think we're all very excited to see exactly how that will play out when the games are for real. But I mentioned this, I believe it was last week in our Insider Inbox column. If you want a classic example right now on the Green Bay Packers of a guy who's not a superstar, not even maybe necessarily listed as a starter, but a classic example of a draft-and-develop guy in this program, Dean Lowry is one of those guys right now because you and I have been watching him in practice. To me, having seen him when he first came in as a fourth-round draft pick out of Northwestern, not saying he was small, he's a big guy, not saying that uh, he had strength issues, but he just looks so much stronger out there now, whether it's in the one-on-one pass rush, whether it's in the run defense type of drills when uh, when you know when you've got to maybe take on a double team block or or just uh, you know two gap be ready to go to one side or the other against that offensive lineman i really like what i've seen from lowry i think he's potentially potentially going to play a key role on this defense as a rotational guy who can get in there and make a play once in a he, while he really can mike and i you and i have watched the one on ones i mean he is a bull <laughs> And it's, it's he's, just, t- he's tough to handle. And it's not that it's that much different or that much striking. It's not he hasn't changed his body or anything like that. No, he's just who no, he is. He's, he's, been a, he's been a big guy since he arrived, for but sure. particularly with that three technique is what I've really been impressed with. And you can go back in all my coverage over the years of the Green Bay Packers, going back to 2012, I was always clamoring for a six foot six defensive end, defensive lineman in this defense. They never really truly had that. They got by, you know, Johnny Jolly came back. Uh, they had some guys, you know, Josh Boyd that were able to hold down those five techniques when asked. I think there's just really something interesting about having a guy like him that is your traditional, I think you could refer to as a five technique base end, but also has that ability to be able to get pass rush from the inside. He's exactly where the direction the Packers wanted to take this defense, he exemplifies that. And I think when you go back to that 16 draft, that was such a statement for them to take Kenny Clark in the first round and them to take Dean Lowry in the fourth round because they're both completely different football players. 
But at the end of the day, I think they have the, the leverage you're looking for. And to throw them into the mix now with Mike Daniels and then bringing in Muhammad Wilkerson, Montrevious Adams is at a really strong camp. There's a reason to be excited about that defensive line, and it goes past what I think you would refer to as your quote-unquote starters. Yeah, I would agree. Well, uh, you know what? we got to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and of Friday night's preseason game in Oakland on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.